Are you ready to make positive transformation happen for you? Today, you're going to hear how some of the most successful people in the world have made it happen. Hello, and welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership with Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. These successful people and Dr. Woolsey will share advice, insights, tips, and tricks designed to help you incite personal action. It's time to bring positive transformational leadership to your life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. Welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership. I'm Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey, and I encourage you to check out my website. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com. You can learn more about me and my business offerings, or you can also email me. That's mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. You can also go to Voice America under the Empowerment Channel, and you can find me on LinkedIn and Facebook. Now, I'm broadcasting live today from Dallas, Texas, and today's show is called Leading Through Stress and Overscheduling. I encourage you to call in and be part of today's conversation. Now, joining me today is Carrie Williams, who is the Amazon best-selling author of Eyes on the Prize, A Kick-Ass Guide to Setting and Achieving Great Goals. She's also a full-time certified coach, trainer, and speaker. Carrie, it's great to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this. Me too. Now, you know, Carrie, last week we covered a number of lessons around the concept of transformational energy leadership, and we parsed each one out. And in one area, I highlighted how to handle stress and overscheduling in the midst of achieving personal and organizational goals. In fact, I even talked about the power of no and embracing it for yourself. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So let's get started. You know, according to U.S. News, 80% of all New Year's resolutions set at that time fail by the first week of February. In fact, I was at the gym at 4.30 this morning. There was Mm -hmm. not one other soul there to be found. Yep, I was (laughs) there at 9 last night. There was no one. (laughs) Oh, good for you. We're we're living proof. So my question for you, Carrie, is what can we do to increase our odds of success? So the interesting thing is, We're hungry for setting goals. About 85% of Americans actually set a resolution. And about, you know, 5% of those, 3 to 5% is what they would say, actually keep those resolutions. And I think it starts with when we set the goal and how we set the goal. So when you talk to a lot of people, when they set their resolution, they'll say, I want to lose weight, right? Well, there are certain elements that they can include when they set that goal that's going to make it more likely that they'll reach that goal. And so a couple of the things that I wrote about in the book are you want to make that goal genuine. It needs to align with your core beliefs and values because we know, working with people, that you have to really want it to put the effort in, right? To make that change and change your habit, you have to really want it to get it. So if your goal aligns with your core genuine beliefs and your core needs and your core values, it increases your odds of success exponentially. So it's all about cores and values. It really is, which makes it really hard if somebody else gives you a goal. I'm sure that your listeners have noticed that if the goal is given given to you by a doctor or a spouse or a boss, your odds of success are lower, right? There's a reason. There's a different statistic. Um, When a doctor gives a patient a course of treatment, even if it's as simple as taking a pill, and even if the consequences are as as grand as death, what percentage do you think actually follow through with the course of treatment? Uh, Probably not very good. (laughs) Less than 8%. Oh, 
wow. <laughs> right, and that is my belief. That is because those are not genuine goals. They don't align with their core values or they haven't connected them. It's just something someone told them they have to do. And we rebel against that because we're an independent people. <laughs> that makes sense. Right. And I would imagine there's the factor of going into survival mode too. Yeah, yeah. We, we can't thrive, which is our higher power. Thriving is where things get really great and things are really abundant if we're living in a place of fear and survival. Those are opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, and I, I want to dive deeper into that a little bit later because I know Perfect. in our conversations that there's some, yeah, there's some key things that we want to tap into when it comes to, I think it also, there's that energy, you know, we've got that positivity where things are going right and then there's the other energy that can deplete us and yeah, I want to explore that a little bit later with you. I, I also came across a statistic that said according to the American Institute of Stress, 44% of Americans feel more stressed now than they did five years ago. Mm -hmm. So what can we do to reduce stress but still achieve our goals? There's a couple things we can do. One thing is learn to say no. One of the reasons we are so stressed is because we're doing more. We're working longer hours. We're trying to have it all. We're, you know, not saying no to social events. We have very full plates, which leads to very full lives, but it also leads to a lot of stress. So... As you're growing in your workplace, as your career is rising, one of the things that we forget to do when we get a promotion and we get new responsibilities, oftentimes we forget to shed the responsibilities we had to delegate them to other people. And that's really key. Shedding responsibilities and delegating what doesn't need to be done by you is a really important way to reduce stress. And I ask my clients three questions when they're trying to prioritize and figure out if something should go on their calendar. One, does doing that action help you reach your goal? Two, does that action have to be done by you? Not does it have to be done, but does it have to be done by you? And three, do you want to do it? Because our strengths are what we're really good at and we enjoy doing, but we spend so much of our time just doing things we don't want to that don't bring us joy. So if the answer's not yes to all three of those, if you only have two yeses out of those three, delegate it. If you only have one yes, you can let it go. Yeah, you know, I heard those questions. I was saying yes, yes, and no. <laughs> and when I said that no, and oftentimes I have to override that. And I think a lot of, a lot of people do. You know, along these notes, we've got a caller coming in from L.A. Her name is Jennifer. Jennifer, are you there? Yes. Welcome to the show. What's your question? Uh, well, it's for Carrie, and Carrie, I'm really enjoying listening um, to your suggestions, and they're so tangible. That's what I love about them. My question is, um, you set goals, you're motivated, you're inspired, and then real life gets in the way, like a death in the family or something so traumatic that it kind of takes away the inspiration. How do you get that inspiration back? Um, recently happened to me, and sometimes I just feel paralyzed just thinking about my goals? Mm-hmm. That's an excellent question because that happens to a lot of us. So when you get off track, and let's be really clear, it's going to happen. We all get off track at some point. The first step is to acknowledge you're off track. The second step is to forgive yourself for falling off track because beating yourself up over it does not help. And the third step is to really go back to the beginning and envision where it is you want to end up. 
look at that big picture again and that dream and get excited about it again. Because without the excitement, it's really hard to force ourselves to do it. Leading studies used to say that willpower was the way to go, but that was how we reached our goals. There are new studies coming out that say that imagination is more powerful than willpower. So really thinking about what it will be like when you achieve that goal, how will your life be different, what will things smell like and taste like, and how will it feel for you and for your family and for your support group can really help you get back on track. But I think the biggest part is just recognizing it's going to happen. And falling off track is your single greatest opportunity for growth and resilience. So be loving and kind to ourselves, which a lot of us have trouble with, myself included, um, but practice it at every opportunity you get. Great. Carrie, thank Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Oh, we appreciate the call, Jennifer. Yeah, thank you. And you know, Carrie, this ties back to when you're talking about getting off track. There's often barriers. I hear my clients say, these barriers keep coming up. What do you think, or what would you say is the main barrier that prevents us from getting that dream that we're talking about to achieve our full potential? It varies by person. Um, I think that a lot of us fear failure. There's that mental stigma that we have attached to failure, and it's because we attach failure to our identity. Um, So we feel like if we fail, then we are a failure. And what I like to encourage my clients to remember is, Failure is your single biggest opportunity for growth and resilience. You will learn more from a single failure than you will from a hundred successes. So I encourage, this sounds ridiculous, but I encourage my clients to fail big, fail fast, fail hard. Let's learn as much as we can and become resilient. So that brings me to the next question in my mind is, this sounds like there's mindset in all of this, the mindset of change. Talk with me more about what you think mindset is. So I think mindset is really resilience and your perspective and attitude on, on the challenge. So we have seen people who are going for the same goal and they have the same obstacle fall on their path. And one person will use it as an excuse to stop and one person will figure out a way to get around it. That's mindset. You want to be the person that gets excited by the challenge and figures out a way to keep going, right? And when you talk about failure... What I know within myself and also working with my clients is it's like your brain gets hijacked, that there's this emotional overload and it just says, ah. Yeah. If you start to fall into over-emotion, the key is to take yourself out of it, calm yourself down, and think logically. Because emotion can be one of the biggest challenges we have. If you start feeling like a failure, if you start doubting yourself, if you start panicking that it's not possible, the first thing to do is calm yourself down. So calm yourself down because it is, it's scary. When we're facing, we've got that failure piece there. There's all this pressure on us. So the first step is calm yourself down. What else do you recommend? Well, there's a technique that I I learned in meditation class called stop. Have you ever used that technique? It's actually the letters stop. First you stop. Mm -hmm. Then you take a deep breath because we know that just filling our lungs with air slows our heart rate down and calms us down. Then we observe what is making us feel the way we're feeling and what we're feeling, and then we choose what we want to take action on. So even that simple four-step process, which can be as quick as 30 seconds, can be a technique that you can use in your daily life. Fantastic. Stop. That's easy to remember, and I keep telling my audience, listening audience, we will 
glom onto things that are easy to remember so we can apply right after the show, so stop what you're doing. I'm also curious, why don't we know our dreams? Because we forget how to play. They forget how to imagine. Think about when we were kids. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a combination cowgirl, opera singer, and millionaire because a million dollars was really huge back then. If you ask me today what I want to be, it's much more practical because we forget to dream. We sacrifice our dreams for the reality that we think we can create. And dreaming takes practice, right? Absolutely. I think we have more to talk about this. We're up on our two-minute break. And I encourage all of my listening audience, please go to transformationalenergyleadership.com. Check out my coaching, consultative, and training opportunities. We will see you right back here in two minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Life Radio with Victoriously Speaking helps you to see life's issues in a new light, offering insight, solutions, and resources in order to gain knowledge about a variety of life's issues. The stories will stir up some questions, tears, and or laughter, but hopefully it will change the way you look at your own life, situations, and the lives of others. Tune in to Life Radio in order to live independently for excellence on Mondays at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. looking for your own personal journey of peace and balance while living and thriving in our sophisticated world, tune into A Voice of Reason with Kathy Horton and Sherry Petro-Serdell. The show is one part spirituality and one part psychology. We have so many opportunities for growth in the challenging times we face today. On this program, we discover the resources and scientific breakthroughs to master the challenges and find success. Listen every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. And we're back from Brains. Joining me today is Terry Williams. She's the Amazon best-selling author of Eyes on the Prize, a kick-ass guide to setting and achieving great goals. Now, if you have a question, please feel free to call in. Now, Carrie, before break, 
we were talking about dreams. And I'm wondering, how does passion fit into that? Well, dreams are just our deepest passions and desires, right? And so if we can attach our dreams and align it, with our, again, with our core values and core beliefs, that's when we start to get really excited about it. And that's what people mean when they talk about what's your passion. It's what is your calling? What is your purpose? What fulfills you and makes you feel like you are giving back in some way or creating a legacy? Very good. So it, it is. It's really finding what your passion would. And that's often a harder question to answer. And I think just know, knowing from your book, you've got a strategy here that helps us figure out and start breaking this down a bit. I, I would imagine a number of our listeners on the show are, you, are familiar with the SMART framework when we start thinking about setting goals. SMART standing for specific, measurable, achievable, reachable, relevant, and timely. And you contrast your framework called GREAT, genuine, reachable, exact, affirmative, and totalitarian. How are they different? So here's what I found with working with my clients. SMART goals were really great in the 80s when they came out, and they're really excellent for project management style goals. But the modern-day goal setter has a hard time getting motivated with a SMART goal system. So the differences are the G, which we've already hinted at, Genuine. A great goal needs to be genuine. We have to align it with your core values. If it is a goal given to you from an outside source, we have to somehow figure out how to align it with what you want. And a great example of that is one of my clients who was a salesperson, and his boss gave him a quota of 150000 for the month. And he came to me and he said, Carrie, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get fired because I don't care about hitting that quota. That's not what's important to me, and I don't know what to do. What we figured out is what was important to him was reaching out to and connecting and helping his current clients. And lucky for us, he kept notes. So he figured out that for every 10 clients he reached out to, one purchased something new. That one purchased averaged 10,000. So if he reached out to 150 clients in that month, he should hit the goal, but he would be focusing on reaching out and helping and not on the money. And he's like, is it really that simple? And I said, well, let's just try it. If you feel like you're going to get fired anyway, let's try it out. He tried it out. He wound up reaching out to 175 people because he loved doing it. He hit $180,000 in sales. He was the top salesperson that month and continued to be their top salesperson for 18 months until he was wooed away by a headhunter. So it is the same result and outcome. It's just a different focus that aligned with what was important to him. Wow, and it sounds like you've sparked some interest. We've got a caller who's joining us from St. Paul, Minnesota. We have Renee on the line. Renee, are you there? Hi there. Can you hear me? We can hear you great. Oh, awesome. Thanks. I'm enjoying the show, uh, and I just I just want to quickly take you back, uh, if you don't mind. You talked a little bit earlier about the importance of saying no, and mm, yes. I'm just wondering if you've got any tips for how to do that, because it can be really difficult uh, in the workplace to say no, um, particularly if I want to be perceived as being a, a team player, um, you know, and I know I need to set boundaries, but sometimes it can be really hard to say no uh, because I'm afraid of what other people will uh, think about me. So I'm just wondering if you've got any tips uh, for how to say no and, and still being perceived as someone who is interested in doing something that's in the best interest of the team. Being a team player and saying no, Carrie, I'm curious, when you're working with your clients, what are, what are your tips? 
Well, the first thing that we do is we just practice delaying the yes because usually in the moment, our inclination is to say yes, and then after that moment, we go, oh, I should have said no, right? We regret that yes. So the first step is to practice saying, that's a great idea. Let me check my calendar. If I, or if I commit to that, I want to be fully committed, so let me get back to you. And take the time to make the decision to say yes. Make it a conscious decision. And if it is a no, make it a conscious decision. It's still hard to say no, but at least you can plan it ahead instead of trying to say no in the moment, and you can practice it in advance. So that's the first step. Um, The second step is to get really quick at asking yourself those three questions. Does it align with the goals that I'm setting? Is it necessary that I would be the one that do it? And do I really want to do it? And if you can really uh, dedicate and commit yourself to answering those three questions, no becomes a little easier as it goes on. But here's the thing to remember. We are really good at what we practice consistently. And if you have practiced consistently telling people yes, that's what you're good at. So recognize that it's going to take a little time and practice of saying no before you get good at it and it becomes comfortable. Great. Okay. Thanks for that. Yes. Well, we appreciate the, we appreciate the question. And, and Carrie, you're also tapping into when we start adopting new behaviors that it, it rewires our brain to a certain extent because we're, we're changing the way that we're responding to stimuli that we've always responded to in a similar way in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, so you're right. It's practice and, and everything. So, so thank, those are some great input there. Let's go back to the, the smart framework for, or the great framework, I apologize, that's not yours, yours is great. And, <laughs> you know, I often hear from, from my clients and, and workshops and so on, that people saying there's just not enough time in the day to get what I have to get done, let alone what I want to get done. What do you say to those people? I say remember that when we're focused and we set our priorities, we actually gain more time because we get better at saying no to the extraneous to the distractions, to the things that someone else could do and might enjoy doing because we're focused on achieving what we want to achieve. So once you actually set your goal and get really committed to it, saying no to extraneous becomes a lot easier. You actually become more efficient with your time. That makes a lot of sense. I I came across a book a while back, and it's called The One Thing, and the authors Mm -hmm. are Teller and Papazan. And in that book, they talk about, and they bring in different various forms of, of research to substantiate some of their points, but the whole premise of why the book is called The One Thing is that we all, when we put our attention and our focus to someone, and we absolutely set time aside to, to cultivate it, to focus on it, to make it a primary focus, and it can be as much as starting out, just blocking out 30 minutes a day on your calendar to and the author's. They, they subscribe or propose, block out four hours every morning and just focus on that. I, I, I'm i not sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure laughing because that. four hours is daunting. And who has four extra hours in their day? Right, exactly. But what they do say is when we do, when something is so important to us that we will find a way that when we start making things work for us, that we use our systems around us to help us manage things. Do we really have to take that call? Do we really have to respond to whatever it is at hand in the moment? I was just working with a client yesterday, and we talked about 
she said, I, I can't put my phone down when I go home. I am on the phone responding to email until 11 o'clock at night. And I said back to her, I said, you know, you just said to me your family and your, your children are your priority. And so we had a discussion about that. Anyway, we came to an, a, a certain agreement that, okay, 30 minutes, take the phone, turn it off, put it in the other room. But it's making those incremental steps, and that's what I, I'm hearing you say as well. Yeah, and so I was speaking with someone yesterday, too, and she said something that was really brilliant to me. She said, every day I write a to-do list, and most of us do. We write a to-do list every day. She said, and I just asked myself, what would happen if I put myself on my to-do list? <laughs> Imagine that. It's it's, yeah. re- it's reframing it and flipping things around to say, I'm the priority here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then eventually she said, what would happen if I put myself first on my to-do list? So the first thing she does every morning is something to help her reach her goal. And it's not hours of time. It can be 10 minutes a day. It's consistently choosing to make it a priority and give it some time. You know, and that's such a great piece of advice in terms of what we can do after this call today is on your to-do list or however it is that you tack and keep track of your tasks and things and all the different priorities we have in life, put yourself first. And in some ways, it's got to be counterintuitive intuitive to people thinking it's so selfish of me. But what you just said, when we're putting ourselves first, then it allows us. And this ties back to what I talked about in our show last week, is that when we are putting ourselves first in terms of making sure we're fueled up and we've got that positive anabolic energy in us to allow us to be our full selves, what a difference we can make when we are doing whatever it is that we're doing. Right, and I think one thing that I go over and over again with my clients is to remind them there is a huge difference between selfish and self-care. Self-care is healthy, it's necessary, and it's being a good role model. Selfish has some negative connotations, and we're all so afraid of being selfish that sometimes we forget to practice self-care. Oh, what a great way to parse that out. Selfish versus self-care, if it's right or line. You know, before we go to break, I've got one more question I want to ask you, and it's something I'm sure a lot of our listeners are thinking about, is that, you know, lack of time, no money, no connections are often the excuses we find ourselves using for not reaching our goals. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say to those individuals? Well, I think we touched on it in the first segment when we started talking about mindset, right? Are you going to look at that and say, oh, that's an excuse, I'm going to stop. It's not meant to be. Or can you get yourself excited about it and work around the challenge? And one way to do that is to just face those challenges with a simple question. If the challenge is, I don't have enough money, the question is, how do I get the money? Right? If the challenge is, I don't have enough time, the question is, how can I make the time? If the challenge is, and I get this a lot because I work in Los Angeles, so it's the entertainment industry, and everyone always says it's about who you know. If the challenge is, I don't know the right people, the question is, how can you meet the right people? And so then you turn an excuse into an obstacle that you can work your way around. It becomes exciting, and, and sometimes, I know this is a crazy concept, sometimes fun. And this, this links back to the law of attraction, like energy mm-hmm. attracts like energy. Where you put your attention to, that becomes your reality. That becomes your world. Say, Carrie, this is an exciting conversation, but we're at a break, so we will 
take a two-minute break. In the meantime, for all the listeners, check out my website. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com, and we'll see you on the other side in two minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you left the cage that held you back but find yourself in the wild of your life wondering, what do I do now? I'm Dr. Lisa Cooney, and today I'm going to give you the tools to answer that question. Regardless of the issue, your choices of the past no longer need to haunt you. You have the power to change that and to create from a space of fun and ease. How different can your life be? Find out. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Who are you, really? Are you the person you want to be, or are you the person that others want you to be? Think about that. We don't always recognize our gifts and potential because we stick to old methods of being and do what others in our lives tell us. It's time to break through. Listen for Rediscovering the Magic of Being with Marja. Each program connects you back to whom you were meant to be every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back from the break. And joining me today is Carrie Williams. And we're talking about beating through stress and overscheduling. And I see we've already got a caller on the line. Carrie, let's take a call. We've got Robbie in New Orleans. Hello. Hello. I've just had a, a, a brainstorm you guys have helped me with, um, making time for myself. I always have a hard time figuring out when to do my nails, and now I've decided I do my nails every Friday morning at 10 o'clock so I can yeah. listen to your show. Well, there you are. Yeah, Carrie, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, put it on the calendar. Make it firm. <laughs> oh, I've got I've got an alarm set already. <laughs> Fantastic, thank you. But you're right; it's those little things, those self care that you put yourself first, and I'm sure you feel differently. You feel better about yourself. Mm. Yes, I will. Thank you. I'm enjoying your show very much. Excellent. Thank Great. you so much, Wolfie. You are changing the face of minds and nails. Yes, indeed. Right. <laughs> Especially since I'm going <laughs> on a much. cruise next week, I needed to do my nails. <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> there you go. Have a great vacation. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Robbie. You know, Carrie, last in the last segment, we touched on the great framework, but I know we didn't get very far into it. So I wanted to pick that up quickly for our listeners because great is, it's, it's new, it's different, it's fresh from that 1980s framework that so many, so many of us were raised to, to learn, you know, in terms of how to mm-hmm. set your goals. So I want to toss it back to you because I, I know we just finished G and there's some two other components that I know you want to hit. Yeah, the other components that are really different between smart and great are the A and the T in great. The A stands for affirmative. And we have been learning more and more recently that positivity is such a powerful tool. Um, I know Barbara, Barbara Fredrickson, who I adore, wrote a book called Positivity, um, and she discovered the positivity ratio, which is that, that balance between positive emotions and negative emotions. And if you can keep that balance at three positive emotions to one negative emotion, you get into thrive and abundance cycle where things get really easy and really excited and smooth. If you get below that three to one, things feel a little harder. They feel like they take more effort um, and you start to actually spiral down. So affirmative and positivity is really important to include in your goal. And we do it in a couple of ways. One, when you set your goal, Make sure you are working towards something, gaining something, growing something, learning something, instead of avoiding something. And the two places that a lot of people fall into that trap is, I want to quit smoking, which is an inherently negative goal and an avoidance goal, and I want to lose weight. That's an inherently avoidance goal. So if you can flip those goals to where you're working towards gaining something, say a simple shift of instead of I want to quit smoking, I will have happy, healthy lungs right? Then you're working towards something. We're just psychologically programmed to gain and grow and learn instead of avoid. The second is frame it positively. Instead of saying I'd like to or I want to or it'd be nice to, say I will. I am, right? There's a big difference between saying I'd like to be a millionaire and I will be a millionaire. And it's a level of commitment. And since you're repeating that goal to yourself multiple times, you are building that confidence and commitment every time you say it. And then the T stands for totalitarian, which is my favorite, and it scares people. All that means is when you set a goal, make sure it is in your control. I have so many people come to me and they say, Carrie, I want to I book the job or win the Oscar. But they can't control. They don't pick who books that job. They don't vote for who wins the Oscar, right? So they can do everything right and then at the end not achieve their goal. And that's really frustrating to us as goal setters. And what happens when that, when that takes place is next time we set a goal, we subconsciously go, last time I gave it my all, I worked really hard and I didn't get it. So why work so hard this time? I, I love this because it's simply, in some ways, it's about just flipping it around. I love the, the thought about I will, I am statements. And also in the beginning of the broadcast, you said there are three questions that I ask my clients. And I said, you, yeah, the third one, do I really want to do it? <laughs> no. And I love how totalitarian fits into that. If it's not mine, then why am I even, why am I even broaching the goal? Right. Like if, if a client came to me and said, my goal is to win the lottery, how do we create a plan for that? We can't. We cannot control that outcome. So it's really recognizing what you can impact and control and putting your energy and focus there. I know. I would love to live. I'd love to win the lottery. So let me set some goals. No, that's a great, great example. You know, along this, we've got a number of callers who want to join in the conversation. I'd Excellent. like to see, yeah, Steve in Southern California is still online. We'd love to hear your question. Great. Hi, 
Uh, good morning. Welcome to the show. Uh, I'm, I, as I've been listening in, um, love the, the different directions the conversation has gone. And I'm curious about timing and timing of change. So I, I know people, and I'm probably like this myself, kind of type A personality, hard charging, can, can bring it on, which, which can, when overdone, uh, lead to stress and lead to overscheduling. And, and some people I know are, they're, seem to be wired that way. Uh, so can you just share a little bit from your perspectives and experiences about how, how long would it take to make a shift like that? Someone has been uh, operating at, you know, a high pace uh, and, and sort of bring it on, take it on, and, and been very successful. Uh, how do they sort of step back from that ledge, and, and uh, how long would that take? A very fair question. Terry? That's, that's a big one. If, if they've been type A and charging forward in life and they want to slow down, how long does it take to shift? Well, here's what we do know. We do know that all those books that say make a change in 21 days are full of it, right? A shift can take 10 days and it can take a year. But what happens is we have to go through the transition process, that mental process where we accept the change logically and emotionally and go through the three stages. So, one, it is possible. Two, there's never a great time for change because change is always going to be uncomfortable. Um, it is better to really focus on one or two changes at a time. So if you're going through a lot of transition in your life, somebody passed or you've got a promotion or you're moving homes or you're going through a divorce, that's probably not the ideal time to add more change to it, right? Because you can get really overwhelmed and lost in the chaos. Um, but really, you control the length of your, of your change process. And that's one of the things I tell my clients because they want to know when they come at the door, okay, great, how quickly will I reach my goal? And, and they control that. I was in a workshop where I uh, was working with writers, and it was just a two-week workshop. The first week, everyone set a goal. The second week, they were supposed to tell us how it was going. And at the end of the first week, I said, I'm just looking around the room, and I'm wondering which one of you will come back and have reached your goal. And they were like, what? These are 90-day goals. I'm like, I'm just putting that out there. And the next week, someone came back and had reached their goal. And she said, I didn't think it was possible. I've been struggling with this for two years. But you said, who's going to do it? And I thought, why not me? Steve, you obviously tapped into something. That's something that was on my mind as well. And I really appreciate the question, and thank you for calling in. Carrie, I want to, before we move on to the, the next area, well, actually, while we're in this space talking about all of this, is it possible to increase your success and decrease stress at the same time? That's an excellent question. The answer is yes, it's absolutely possible. And then the next question is how do we do it, right? So here's, here's the thing I like to remind people about stress. When you start to feel stress in your body, there are certain physiological things that happen. Your pupils will dilate, your breathing will get shallow, your heart rate increases, your palms will get sweaty. All of the blood in your body leaves your limbs and goes to the center of your body because your body is essentially preparing for fight or flight for that response. All of those things happen in your body when you feel excitement as well. So the only difference physically between stress and excitement is what your brain tells you it is. Mm. And, and Carrie, of course, I'm curious, and I'm sure many of the listeners here, when we think about leadership, how does a stressed out leader impact followers? Well, 
we know that energy trickles down, right? We know that, that positivity is like a happy virus, and we know that stress is like an unhappy virus. People catch your emotions. And leaders are emulating their role models. People look to them uh, as someone to emulate. And so if they look at a leader who is overworking themselves and not putting themselves on their to-do list and working to the, to the point of burnout, they feel like that's what's expected of them as well. How can they make a different decision when their leader doesn't? Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. And it circles back to just your pragmatic recommendations and thinking about flipping and, and putting yourself first. And I'm, you know, the name of the show is Transformational Energy Leadership. And I'm, I want to know, so how can our listeners use everything we've learned today to positively impact their organization? Well, organizational change starts with individual change, right? You can't change those around you unless you change yourself first. So just take one tip or one takeaway from today's, from today's conversation and see if you can incorporate it into your life. Nothing dramatic, nothing huge, just a small step. If you wanted to make one small step in your life today that's going to reduce your stress, or help you in goal setting, or spread some positivity, what would that look like? And it can be as simple as saying, you know what, today at work I'm going to smile at five people. Today at work I'm going to give three, comp- three authentic, true compliments. That starts to spread the positivity, and it's all about baby steps. You cannot go from zero to 60 immediately. You can't go from a one to a ten. We're talking about going from a one to a one and a half first. So if your corporation or you are at a three right now, what's one thing you can do to get closer to a three and a half? That makes a lot of sense. What you're saying is don't look at it as a, at a, as a mountain. Or what do they say? Don't, oh, I, I don't remember. But, you know, it's taking one step at a time, making it in- incremental, making it achievable. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I, so I was talking to someone really quickly yesterday who, who had lost 112 pounds in the last two years. And she said, well, I started by walking. She's like, in the first day, I made it a half mile and thought I was going to die. And I did that for four days. And on the fifth day, I did my half mile and I went, I think I can make it to that next stoplight. And she did that. And that's how she kept going. So small, incremental steps with little amounts of growth. And now she runs five to seven miles every day. But there's no way, if that was her focus when she started, she would ever have imagined she could be there. Uh, an excellent example of how to put this to action. Carrie, I can't believe how fast the time is flying. We're at a commercial break. So what we'll do, we'll come back and let's recap what we've covered today. So we'll see all of, uh, listen and connect with all of you here in two minutes. Stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The White House Doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself. 
physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you ready to tackle the rules of business? You may think you're doing everything by the book, following your own best practice beliefs, bringing in endless consultants, only to find that your business is not moving forward. That's where you need to stop and figure out where things are going wrong. Enter Business Rules with host Peter Feinstein. Peter and his guests will break it all down for you to help you and your business succeed. Listen Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. And we're back from break. Good having you here today. I'm here with Terry Williams, the best-selling author on Amazon of Eyes on the Prize, a kick-ass guide to setting and achieving great goals. And we're talking about leading through stress and overscheduling. And over the break, a number of people have called in. And why not, Carrie, if you're up for it, let's take a call. How about, let's take Laura in Denver. Hi there, Matt and Carrie. My question for Carrie is about pure focus. Sometimes it feels like the harder I look for my next goal or really figure out my vision, the more confused or stymie I become, help, I'm stuck. What about pure vision? So the thing to remember about pure vision is it can't be forced, and that's really frustrating because when we want it, we want it. So you might have to step back and play a little bit. You might have to ask yourself some questions that don't necessarily feel like they're going to lead to the answer of a goal, but what is important and valuable to you in your life? What are your priorities and what are your goals and beliefs? And what have you been spending your time and energy on and money in the last six months? Because that's going to help you decide what's important to you. And then dream. There's an exercise that is not mine that I do with a lot of my clients called the ideal day. If you pick a day three to five years from now and just think about it, write about it in as much detail as possible. Where are you? Where do you wake up? Who do you wake up next to? What do you have for breakfast? What kind of car are you driving? What are you wearing? What kind of job do you go to? How much money is in your bank account? Do that without filters. Don't go, oh, I can't make that happen. If this was an ideal world and that was your ideal day, what would it look like? And start there. Seems so simple. Pay attention to energy and where it is and whether it's heading up or down. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling in. Yeah, the, and Carrie, what I hear you saying over and over is, wait a second here, the, the stress thing is something where we owe it to ourselves to set aside some time to invest in ourselves, to create that picture of the future that you were just talking about or stopping and thinking about what's the priority list. It's taking right. some time for yourself. Right, and it seems counterintuitive when you're feeling overwhelmed and your schedule's already full. You go, I don't have the time to get to myself. You don't have the time not to give to yourself. Mm. 
What a powerful statement. You, you know, I think we've got time for one more caller. We've got Kevin in Chicago. Kevin, are you still there? How's it going, guys? Been enjoying the conversation. Quick question for Carrie. So we've all heard about the mantras of no risk, no reward, go big or go home. So you were talking about dreaming earlier, dreaming big. So is there an intelligent or a good way to set big risk goals? Well, here's the thing to remember. We are not all big risk kind of people. So you need to really evaluate yourself. And that actually ties into the R in great. Is the goal reachable for you? And I don't mean is it possible, but what I mean is looking at your big audacious goal. Are you willing to put the time, the energy, and the investment into reaching that? And so that's where some self-reflection and some really, some honesty come into the process because you can reach a massive goal, but you have to be willing to put the effort and work into. Also, uh, I recommend with my clients that they not risk anything that they're willing to lose. The worst-case scenario rarely happens. That's our biggest fear is the worst case will happen, and so that's what stops us from trying. But the fact of the matter is we are much more resilient than we give ourselves credit for, and the worst-case scenario rarely happens. So if you look at the absolute worst-case scenario and you go, well, that would be horrible, it would absolutely suck, but I could get through it, then you're more likely to take the leap and try for it. Very good. It's a nice way of framing it. Thank you. Yes, appreciate it. The question, and Kevin, you really opened up a whole, uh, boy, that could be a whole other topic down the road about risk, <laughs> and, and yes, it, it's a big question, and so appreciate the phone call today, and Carrie, that brings us towards looking at where the journey that we've taken today when we started the call, the phone call conversation, oh, just about an hour ago, and we started yeah. our conversation, as, as we do a recap, talking about failure, and and expand on that a little bit more. What's the takeaway that we all need to be thinking about, about the fear of failure? So here's the takeaway I would love for people to have from this. A lot of times we choose not to try because we're afraid of failing. By choosing not to try, you are ensuring failure. So you can't win if you don't try. So what's, what's the risk? If you're choosing the absolute certainty of failure versus the possibility of trying and failing, Let's go for the possibility and just try. Yes, and this fits nicely into the other thing, and that's when you talked about mindset mm-hmm. and the power of mindset. And remind us again, what is it you want we should be thinking about in terms of our mindset and where it is? So we want to be as, as growth-minded in our mindset as possible, um, look at obstacles as challenges to get around instead of excuses to stop, recognize that failures are not the end and you are not a failure or if you have a failure, it's the greatest opportunity for growth. And practice resilience, picking yourself up and trying again. If you want more information on mindset, Carol S. Dweck wrote a brilliant book called Mindset. I love that book. It's an easy read. I highly recommend it. As well as my book too, but yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a terrific book. In fact, I'll do a little preview for all my listening audience. I have a show dedicated entirely through growth mindset and have a, a guest coming in who's a true expert in this area. And oh, it, it so feeds into so much of what it means in leadership, being transformational and so forth. In our second segment, I really took away from the big, the, all the conversation about the great framework that put yourself first on your priority list was such a tactical thing for me to be thinking about. What else do you want us to walk away from when we think about great? that you do not have to be perfect in this process. 
it is okay to feel fear about setting goals and making a plan and taking steps. It's okay to be afraid. It's not okay to let that fear stop you. Right? We're, we're working on growing our comfort zone. And if you don't make, take any steps or make any effort, you will never grow, you will never change, and you will never gain. And that's what I want for each and every listener is some growth, some change, and some gain. It's so powerful. And, you know, when I'm thinking about all the things that we've talked about today in the third segment we got into, talking about positivity at its core, and there were some key phrases and things that you want you reminded us to say to really own it and take it and make the future dreaming come reality. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was like, I will, I can, and, and coping with I have, I am. Yeah, and this is a little different because in the past, they used to, when I was learning goal setting, they were like, phrase it like you already have it. And I said, if I say I am a millionaire, I know exactly how many dollars and cents are in my bank account, and I'm just going to start fighting with myself. If I say I will be, that is affirmative and true. So that's what we want to focus on. Absolutely. I will. I am. And, you know, Carrie, this hour has gone by so fast, and I can tell my callers calling in that this is something ringing true for a lot of listeners out there. Is this whole concept, how do I lead through stress and overscheduling, and it's really coming back to putting yourself as a priority. And I'm going to take that away from our conversation today. I really appreciate you being here with us today, Carrie. And for everyone, her name is Carrie Williams. She is the best-selling Amazon best-selling author of Eyes on the Price, a kick-ass guide to setting and achieving great goals. You can find it on Amazon.com. Now, for next week, I have Stephanie Bickle, who's the founder and managing director of Speak by Design, joining us to explore the world of presence and dynamic communication and the linkages to transformational energy. And until next time, harness your positive energy and lead that transformation. Thank you for listening to Transformational Energy Leadership. Please join Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey again for another edition next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.